Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 5 o'clock. Good morning. It is Monday, September 4th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun clouds today. Going to be warm like it was yesterday. High 91. Tonight and overnight a few clouds, low 75. And then Tuesday, uh, tomorrow, sun clouds even warmer than it is today, high 93. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 72 and partly cloudy in New Hyde Park out on Long Island, 71 and clear in Kingston down in New Jersey, and it is 73 and clear in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. Getting everybody out of the house yesterday, I've done this thing where I try to get the kids, the dog, the wife to go on these like miniature hikes because I love going into the woods and the rest of the family, they are such city folk. Uh, they're just not interested in the bugs and the nature and seeing animals, but we've gone on a few this summer that they've said are okay. So I pushed just a little bit yesterday, and we went to the spot in New Jersey that has a waterfall at the end of the trail. I thought this would be great. We'll go swimming in the waterfall, then head back. Well, <laughs> I, of course, in typical fashion, I did not plan this out well, thinking about who I was with. I put the backpack on, filled it with uh, snacks they like, juice, you know, water, that kind of thing. And brought the dog with us, figured the dog would like going into the waterfall. And as we're going through this uh, trail, which was just beautiful, and if I could remember the name of the place, I would tell you, but it's not coming to mind right now. We are making our way down, and all of a sudden I realize, oh, the first part of this hike, and an enormous part of this hike, is going downhill. And I thought to myself, oh, this is not going to be good because we're going to have to go uphill on the way back when everybody's tired. But I don't point that out to anybody. We make it to the waterfall. Everybody frolics in the waterfall. So does the dog. We have a great time. Then it's time to get out. (laughs) And then it's just one long, gigantic hill to get back to the parking lot. And uh, the one person or animal that I thought would not have a problem would be my little cockapoo, Bailey. But about halfway up the hill, she looked at me and she said, I am done. So I spent the last mile and a quarter listening to everybody complain about how tired they were and carrying a wet dog to the parking lot. So I got to work out not just with my legs, but with my arms as well. Note to self. Uh, next time I want to go on one of these hikes, I think I'm just going to go alone. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. It's been a tough weekend down the Jersey Shore. The Juve Festival underway in Brooklyn. Some crazy moments at a concert here in the city. It's looking less likely there'll be a big name third party candidate for the White House. And Mayor Adams wants you to text him to tell you how he's doing. 
All right, let's get into it. 503, we'll start down the Jersey Shore where people should be celebrating this final weekend of summer, the unofficial final weekend of the summer. And most people are, but there's been some tragedy. Beach Haven, Ocean County's, uh, Ocean County yesterday, uh, there were swimmers creating a human chain as someone went missing amid the surf. It was a 24 year old man who got caught in the rough waves. Uh, it was, uh, it did not end well. They finally found this 24 year old man, but he had drowned over in Belmar. Police confirming that more than a half a dozen swimmers had to be rescued there. This was about six o'clock yesterday. The tide came. That's when they got pulled in. And they were all the way in the back yelling. People started saying, help, help. That's when everybody started to run off the beach calling for the, uh, for the lifeguards. Yeah, it was a chaotic scene on the beach in Belmar at about six last night. There were EMTs doing CPR on some of these swimmers who were brought in. We don't know the conditions of those people who were then raced to the hospital and people who were sitting on the sand just trying to enjoy themselves said it got eerily quiet as people's lives were trying to be saved and they were trying to bring in these people who got caught in these riptides. Uh, we had been warned about this, by the way, over the weekend. You had those hurricanes that were far out at sea, Idalia and Franklin, but they were making the water awfully choppy, so choppy that beaches on Long Island were closed on Friday. They reopened them for the weekend, but uh, it was... It was just hard to be out there if you're not a good swimmer. Everyone was in silence on the beach, families, kids. Like, everyone was, like, at a standstill. I never seen anything like that at any beach before. The current can get pretty strong, drag you out. If you're not the strongest of swimmer, then you end up, you know, something happens. Yeah, so we don't know the condition of those six swimmers that were pulled from the bar. That was just Belmar alone. And we were getting reports from beaches really all across the tri-state of lifeguards being really busy this weekend, running into the water to save people who are getting caught in these riptides and in the rough surf. Same goes at Seven Presidents Beach. That's down the Jersey Shore. They reduced the area for swimming at that beach so the lifeguards could have better uh, sight lines of who was going into the water. So they had people just sort of move in closer to each other on the beach and then sort of essentially made these rope lines to make sure people didn't go past them so they could see everybody. That's how rough it was. And apparently it'll be kind of rough again today. When there's a greater risk for rescues, then we need to make sure that everyone's taken care of. The waves were strong, like the currents were really hard. When I got hit in my back, it was like a hard hit, like it was harder than I expected. You know, of course, weather-wise, boy, it's been a beautiful week. I mean, it's hot, but the place you want to be, of course, is the shore to cool off, whether it's Long Island, Connecticut, down in New Jersey. The key is, of course, just to swim near a lifeguard, and those lifeguards doing an amazing job running in to make a lot of saves during the course of this three-day weekend. WABC News Time 508. This is supposed to be a big music weekend across the tri-state. Yet, of course, Bruce at MetLife Stadium. He did three shows. The last of them was last night. Out on Randall's Island, just a huge festival of a lot of big name rappers and artists, including the chain smokers. It was called the Electric Zoo Festival. But apparently some poor management of this festival made for a miserable time for some of the people who were trying to get in and who never made it. And first of all, Friday night was was supposed to be the first night of the show. They canceled it, saying that uh, there had been some supply chain issues in terms of getting the stage set up. Day two went okay. And then you had last night, which was the final night of Electric Zoo. 
And uh, at some point, they said too many people had come on to Randall's Island. And even though people who had tickets were told they were not allowed in, well, they didn't like that. And all of a sudden, these people just rushed the gate at this festival last night. We just saw all this equipment, the tents, stuff like that being knocked down. And so we just didn't know what to do. It was just a crazy situation. And after that, it was impossible to get to pretty much any of the sets. So at that point, uh, it was already a hard enough time getting out last night. We thought might as well just get out of there. Watching all these videos on TikTok, other social media platforms this morning, showing people just pushing their way into the gates. Uh, there was security. There was NYPD, but they were just overwhelmed because it was hundreds of maybe more than a thousand people shoving their way in, even though they were told that there was no more room for them at Randall's Island. Now, at some point, the NYPD came in and cut off all access to Randall's Island, but these folks had already gotten in. They will refund us the, the money that we spent. So Yeah, these are people who did not get in. So there were other people who Paid attention to the rules, were told that there was no more room on Randall's Island and were turned away. They will refund us the, the money that we spent, so I'm, I'm fine as long as we're safe, so we're good. Yeah, it's terrible. It's just like bad management. Yeah, and, and, and these were, again, this was a big-name festival with big-name artists, people from all over the country coming to New York specifically for this show, and they were turned away. Can't do anything about it now. How close did you get? We just went, like... All the way there, which is like at the road, at the entrance, and they would not let you in. They, we cannot get on the bridge at all. Yeah, the festival putting out a statement about 6.30 last night, talking about their deep regret for what has taken place. And they said that people will get refunds if they weren't able to make it inside the festival. But this thing was just poorly managed from beginning to end. 5.11, while we're talking music, of course, no doubt you heard... Jimmy Buffett passed away over the weekend, 76 years old, the singer-songwriter best known for his iconic hit Margaritaville. But maybe bigger than that was that he branded that Margarita lifestyle, that beach bum lifestyle, to open up casinos, a senior citizen living centers, um, uh, hotels. I mean, enormously successful guy. Uh, here he talks in an interview back in 2018 about what made his music so successful. I think everybody needs a little escapism. And, you know, a stockbroker or a hedge fund, hedge fund manager, you'd see people coming from work, taking their ties off and putting their Hawaiian shirts over their uh, over their suits. Yeah, and the Buffett fans called parrot heads around the world, of course, mourning the death of uh, Jimmy Buffett. Uh, we're hearing uh, he had to cancel his 2022 tour due to health concerns and his website says that uh, Buffett passed away peacefully Friday night surrounded by his family, friends, music and dogs. And now we got a little bit more information as the weekend went on that uh, Buffett had died after a four year battle with Merkel cell skin cancer. Apparently he had continued to tour even as he fought off cancer. He even performed early July in Rhode Island. But, of course, it uh, sounds like things got much worse very quickly. Uh, the family saying in lieu of flowers, they request you make donations to Jimmy Buffett's foundation, Singing for Change. And, of course, you go online. I'm sure you can find that. 513. Governor Ron DeSantis says line workers are making progress restoring power across the state after Hurricane Idalia hit. And that puts us down to about 39,000 
throughout the entire state of Florida that does not have power at this point. So he was in Yankee Town, one of the communities affected by Idalia. DeSantis and Commerce Secretary Alex Kelly say the state could have lights back on by Wednesday. There's still a lot of more. They've been waiting since Thursday, of course. The state also announcing special disaster assistance, unemployment in counties hit by the storm, uh, which... uh, 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 here's some people who are on the ground. A lot of progress has been made here in Levy and Jefferson and Dixie and, and finally getting progress after a couple days of 100% out in places like Madison and Hamilton. President Biden uh, visited Florida over the weekend. There was a small little controversy. I guess this is the best way to s- describe it. The president had said he was going to tour Florida and the hard hit areas with Governor Ron DeSantis. He said this on Friday. And then uh, late Friday evening, the DeSantis folks said, no, we have no plans to tour Florida with the president. Now, it's not clear if there was anything had been set up, but the president was the, in Florida uh, over the weekend surveying the damage. Uh, he said um, he wasn't so troubled by the fact that Governor Ron DeSantis was not with him. Senator Rick Scott, who's with me today, I want to thank him for his cooperation, his help and He uh, shares the view I do about FEMA. They're doing an incredible job. The president spoke at a news conference Saturday in Live Oak, which is about 60 miles inland from where Idalia made landfall. He praised the town's chief of police, who he said continued doing his job after the storm, despite having lost his own home. And then Biden downplayed Governor Ron DeSantis' absence and instead thanked the governor for working with FEMA and helping the president plan Saturday's visit where it would cause the least disruption. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Happy Labor Day, and good morning, Justin Ellick. Well, what's so funny, no? We'll just let him saying happy Labor Day while you're laboring. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I see. It made I me, see. It, it, it made me laugh. All Sorry. right, we'll make little quips about it. That's okay. Fine. Okay. Yeah, well, I, I am here. It is Labor Day, and happy Labor Day to you Oh, as thank you. Well, Noam Layden, I hope you're enjoying your uh, your Labor Day morning. Yeah, well, Very much. as you should be, as you should be. We'll start here with the Baby Bombers. They clearly injected some life into the Yankees this weekend. Noam, with the Yanks marching into Houston and sweeping the Astros, complete with yesterday's 6-1 to Chalaki in the series finale. Jason Dominguez, nicknamed the Martian by Yankee scouts before even playing in the big leagues, continue to prove how he earned the nickname with this two-run jack last night to put the Yanks ahead. There's Dominguez. Swing and a drive. Right field. Tucker. Back. Wall. Watching it. It's out of here. Jason Dominguez does it again. A two-run shot. Second big league bomb. Yankees on top. Three to one. That call courtesy of ESPN. Dominguez is the youngest player in franchise history to homer twice in his first three games. Second is none other than the captain, Aaron Judge. After tagging none other than Justin Verlander, Dominguez it is on Friday night for his big first big league homer. The Bombers will see if they can keep it going tomorrow night when they welcome in the Detroit Tigers for a three-game set after an off day today. As for the Mets, they beat the visiting Seattle Mariners 6-3 yesterday to claim two out of three over the weekend. Pete Alonso went deep twice for his 40th and 41st dingers on the year. Here's what that sounded like, courtesy of SNY. That's drilled down the left field line by Alonso toward the wall. It's out of here! Number 40 for Pete Alonso! Pete now with 40 home runs, 99 driven in, and he socks this one to deep left center, and that one's not coming back. 
A long home run for Alonzo, his second of the day, his 41st of the year, his 100th run batted in. The Mets will head to Washington next, starting tomorrow night to battle the Nationals. And, of course, Tennis's U.S. Open continues today in Queens. His fourth-round action for the men. That gets set at, or that continues, I should say, at 12.30 p.m. this afternoon. As for the women, fourth-round action for them proceeds this morning at 11 a.m. And uh, some more college football, one more game to look forward to tonight. No Mets, 8 p.m. kickoff. You have number nine, Clemson. They're 13-point favorites at Duke. And, oh, I want to see that game. Oh, do you now? Yeah. Why? I don't, it just sounds like it'll be a good game. Oh, you don't have a dog in that fight? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Did you see a Temple beat the Akron Zips over the weekend? No. Was I, was I, was I supposed to? Well, the interesting... was, that, was that one of the top games on the uh, on the docket? Probably not, but E.J. Warner is the quarterback for uh-huh. Temple, who is the son of, um, uh, you know, the great quarterback, uh, what's his name, Warner? Oh, Kurt? Kurt Warner. There, there we go. go. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that name would come eventually. Kurt Warner's son leading the Temple Owls that? over the Akron Zips. I don't know what a zip is, but... Um, wow, how about that? Maybe E.J. will go on to win a couple of uh, Super Bowls. Yeah, well, never you never know. know. He, didn't, never he, know. he doesn't look as good as his dad, but he won. So well, that's why he's playing at Temple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It's not known for its football, is yeah, it? Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. um, sports. I'm Justin Ellick on WABC. WABC News Time 520. More than 70,000 stuck in the mud at the Burning Man Festival in Nevada over the weekend after heavy rains. A man attending the event going to TikTok to say that there was just a lot of problems. Portos are flooded and overfull, and they cannot get the sewage trucks in here to evacuate them so it is getting interesting that's, yeah, that's for sure downright nasty the bureau of land management and the Wasso county sheriff's office at the entrance to the festival closed for the rest of the event nearby roads have been closed due to flooding this mud is so much different it is so sticky it sticks to itself your boots become 10 pounds it's crazy. Yeah, the Burning Man is kind of a crazy festival in itself, so you think they would like the muddy mess that's taking place there. People have tried to drive down the streets, and some cars have got stuck, so they just left them. Yeah, unfortunately, there has been one reported death due to that flooding. 521, police in Ohio releasing body cam footage of an officer involved shooting that left a pregnant woman dead. The incident happened last Thursday outside a Kroger store in Columbus when 21-year-old Takaya Young, who is black, was approached by police on suspicion of shoplifting. Shots fired! Stop the car! Stop the car! She allegedly drove directly towards an officer who fired one shot through Takaya's front windshield. She died a short time later, and her baby did not survive. Two officers involved are on paid administrative leave while an investigation continues. I'm Jim Forbes. 521, let's go out to Hawaii. The number of people on the official list of those missing from the Maui wildfires stands at 385, nearly unchanged from last week. The Maui Police Department says... 245 people on the list of 388 were located and removed from the list. However, a nearly equal number of new names were added over the weekend. Governor Josh Green says he expects that number would have fallen below 100. But as we say today, 385 nearly unchanged from the number last week. 522. 
out to Pennsylvania, a $10,000 reward now being offered after a convicted murderer escaped from a Pennsylvania prison on Thursday. Once we noticed we had an issue with an inmate not being there, we immediately followed our protocols, locked down the prison, did what we call a special count to confirm there was only one person missing. Uh, we further went out, we did lockdowns to the schools, the cops and home, put out reverse 911s to the immediate area and just waited for assistance to come. That's the prison's warden, 34-year-old uh, Danello Cavalcante, escaped from the Chester prison Thursday morning, just 15 days after he was sentenced to life behind bars for savagely murdering his girlfriend. Few details being released about the escape itself, but he is considered extremely dangerous. Overseas, a former Nazi concentration camp guard being indicted at the age of 98, on charges of aiding and abetting more than 3,300 murders during the Holocaust. A German prosecutor in the case says the man was a minor at the time of the alleged crimes and is accused of having assisted in the cruel and insidious killing of thousands of prisoners. Now, the, what they're struggling with is whether they're going to put him up for trial at the age of 98. 523. The author of a book on President Biden's first two years in the White House thinks it's possible the president could change his mind about running for re-election. It would be a surprise to me, I'm not, but it wouldn't be a total surprise. It wouldn't be a total shock. Franklin Ford noted that uh, Biden is very religious, constantly uses the word fate when talking about his life. Ford says the 80-year-old president regularly talks about how he can't say where fate goes. And that's why he thinks there's a possibility Biden backs out of the race for 2024. Joe Biden is a very religious guy and fate is a word loaded with religious meaning. And he always talks about he can't say where fate goes. Meanwhile, a new poll shows former President Trump holds a huge lead over his GOP rivals. The National Wall Street Journal survey finds 59 percent of Republican voters say they would support Trump, while Ron DeSantis is way behind with just 14 percent. Trump dominates the field despite four indictments and skipping the GOP debate. The same poll shows Trump and President Biden tied at 46 percent in a head-to-head matchup, excluding other possible candidates. I'm Julie Ryan. All right, let's go out to the campaign trail. Some of the candidates making the news shows over the weekend. Former Vice President Mike Pence says nobody's buying Bidenomics while a top White House advisor is defending President Biden's economic plan. Bidenomics has been a disaster for American families. The, both Pence and Council of Economic Advisors Chair Jared Bernstein speaking on Fox yesterday. Pence argued the economy is struggling. The Republican presidential hopeful cited a number of polls showing Americans feel they're worse off financially than they were during the Trump administration. Real wages are higher than they were before the pandemic, and they're especially higher for middle and low wage workers. Bernstein noted, uh, Bernstein rather noted real wages are up under the Biden administration since the pandemic and are outpacing inflation. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley says she would vote for former President Trump if he is the nominee. I don't think President Trump's going to be the nominee. I think it's going to be me. Uh, the former U.N. ambassador, South Carolina governor, says Americans won't vote for Trump if he's convicted. She defended raising her hand, though, at the August 23rd debate when asked if she would support Trump as the nominee. The American people are not going to vote for a convicted criminal. The American people are going to vote for someone who can win a general election. I will support the Republican nominee always, and I will make sure that that person, we're going to pick someone that's going to beat a President Kamala Harris. We've heard a whole lot about this group called No Labels, a third-party 
uh, movement with a third party candidate where a co-chair of the no labels movement now says it's unlikely they'll offer a third party candidate this year. But it has to be a good ticket that can actually win. Uh, you know, I would only be in it to win it. Former Republican Maryland Governor Larry Hogan says the group would only consider a third party ticket if the presidential election came down to President Biden and former President Trump, which it kind of looks like it will right now. But Hogan says he's not interested in running if no labels puts up a candidate. But he also said he wouldn't rule it out like a good politician does. Seventy percent of the people in America do not want Donald Trump or Joe Biden. They don't want a rematch. And they don't think these are the two best choices to be running the race. I think we should only put together a ticket in the event that it's Trump and Biden. Yeah. Uh, Chris Sununu, the New Hampshire governor, he was out over the weekend saying he, too, would not run as a third party candidate. I'm still working 24-7 to make sure the Republican Party is the best version right. of itself. Sununu says uh, he wants a conservative in the White House who will get things accomplished. But about 70% of America is supportive of that idea to not see Trump and Biden on that ticket. He didn't get the border done. He didn't get fiscal discipline done. He didn't drain the swamp. Those are great ideas. Let's get a conservative in there that can actually do it. All right. The market's closed today in observance of Labor Day. When trading resumes uh, tomorrow, it'll be coming on the heels of a week that ended with stocks closing mixed territory. Friday's closing bell. Dow gained 115 points. S&P 500 rose by eight. The Nasdaq fell by three points. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 531. Good morning. It is Monday, September 4th. It's Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun, clouds, warm again today. High 91. We're in the middle of a mini heat wave. It's been a beautiful summer, so we can't really complain. It's going to last through Thursday. Tonight and overnight, a few clouds, low 75. And then Tuesday, sun and clouds, a little bit warmer, high 93. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 72 partly cloudy in New Hyde Park out on Long Island. 71 and clear in Kingston down in New Jersey. And it is 72 and clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the city. People have been up all night partying in Brooklyn as the Caribbean carnival known as Juve. Leading up to the parade later today has been going strong all weekend. Early this morning... The Juve Festival began. Uh, there's uh, vendors out. There's people partying in the streats. We have jerk chicken, carry gold, uh, soup, jerk soup. And what it does, it brings every country together. Yeah, the flags of Caribbean nations waving proudly along Eastern Parkway as the celebration starts before noon. Uh, this Caribbean Carnival Parade is maybe the biggest parade in the city. I mean, we always point to the Macy's Day Parade, but the thought is a couple million people could show up for the West Indian Day Parade. Coconut water, cane juice, sugar cane, mango trout. Come right here, Eastern Park, where you can get all the good stuff. The Carnival is one of the largest ones in America. It also brings about 300 million dollars of revenue activity to the city for the weekend. The Juve celebrations at the Grand Army Plaza, the parade later today along the parkway 
are, of course, major security events for the NYPD. Unfortunately, this Caribbean parade in past years has been barred by violence, shooting deaths. Last year, it was actually a little safer than it had been. What they're doing this year is if you want to join the parade, you have to go in through one area, a couple of six different areas where they'll check you security-wise and then let you along the parade route. They'll check for alcohol. They'll check for weapons, make sure you're okay. Everyone is on the same page. So I think that's kind of eased that frustration and that uneasiness. So I would say that's something that I'm very proud that we were able to do this summer. The colors mean a lot because when people see their flag, you know, they remember their connection. Everybody want to get nice. You know, have a good time. Yeah, and the mayor in the NYPD surprising us with their press conference about this festival and Labor Day security plans by telling us they were going to put drones in the sky to check on rowdy parties. And then if they're really rowdy and those videos and pictures go back to cops, then they'll send police in. Um, so we don't know whether these drones were used over the weekend. We could not get word from the NYPD before we came to air this morning. But the mayor was defending use of those drones over the weekend. They're going to utilize drones from a safe distance up, uh, not down, flying in someone's backyard to see what they have on the grill. They're going to utilize the drones to determine should they send crisis management teams there right away. Adam says the drones can respond to calls in less than a minute. He probably he said you probably wouldn't see them. They should be so high in the sky. It would give officers a good picture of what's going on. Then the NYPD can decide whether to send officers in. Again, no word if they've been using these drones this weekend, though we told we were told they would use them if needed to check on rowdy parties, that kind of thing. 535, New Yorkers are being told to consider masking up this weekend due to concerns about rising COVID cases and two new variants. A spokesman for the city health department says wearing a mask may be a good idea in crowded indoor areas, but the health department was quick to point out that nothing about their guidance has changed and that the city currently has zero plans to make masks mandatory again, but all they're saying is COVID cases are up. If you're somebody who's susceptible or older, you might want to think about masking up if you're going to a crowded place sometime today. 536, as New York City public schools begin this week, they open on Thursday. Thousands of migrant children will be attending classes. These students won't be facing the same vaccination requirements as the Department of Education works to speed up their entry into the classroom. That is a lot of local lawmakers, a lot of New Yorkers upset, including Staten Island Borough President Vita Fasella, who held a press conference about this over the weekend, along with State Senator David Carr. They worry about the health of fellow students by bringing in these students whether who we don't know whether they're vaccinated or not. They're going to get 30 days leeway before they have to either get vaccinated or show proof that they already were. That's not fair. That's not equal protection of the laws. More than 500 migrant children are enrolled to enter city schools so far this year. We were getting this number that about 400 families were showing up per day to these sites to register their migrant kids for classes this fall. So the thought is this number could be as high as 16, 17,000 by the time school starts on Thursday. And as schools open, the school's chancellor says they've worked over the summer to make buildings safer by hiring more security guards. School security guards confiscated just a huge number of weapons from students last year. But kids were not bringing these weapons to school to do damage to their classmates. They told us over and over these weapons have been used 
to make sure that they can protect themselves to and from school. And a small bit of good news over the weekend. The school bus drivers who had threatened to walk off the job over pay now say they'll work through at least the first week of classes to get kids to school, willing to talk with the city and say they won't walk off the job just yet. WABC News Time 539. NYPD investigating a rash of car and home burglaries across neighborhoods in Queens and Brooklyn. Police say the spree began in June. Of course, you can imagine it has people on edge, a ritzy area of Whitestone where safety is kind of expected. Now some people there feeling very guarded after numerous burglaries. Uh, One family says they woke up at 5 a.m., Their doorbell camera let them know that somebody was at the front door. And sure enough, there was two young men creeping up around the front door, their faces covered with hoodies. And uh, this dad and mom inside the home with two kids sleeping upstairs. The father goes to the front door, tries to figure out how to scare them away. He actually is worried that they're going to break into the house, knowing even knowing that people are home. So he smashes his fist through the front window of the door. And that scares these guys off, who, by the way, look like young kids. We woke up to ring alarms, like our ring alert. My husband was looking through the front door, and he's like, he saw them coming up the steps. So out of panic mode, he just punched right through the door. And she called no- Oh, yeah, that's their punching through the door. That's frightening. Uh, she called 911. Unfortunately, cops uh, did not get there in time to catch these two kids. They've been like, looking just for anything they can grab. I actually had an extra camera. Actually, I had extra two cameras this week, actually. It continues to escalate. Someone is going to be killed, perhaps. Where, where do we step in? Yeah, so they think it's the same two they look like kids. I mean, look like almost like teenagers, a little frightening. So far, police have not caught up with them. 541 on Friday, the Muslim call to prayer could be heard in some neighborhoods across the city for the first time ever. Allahu Akbar, This week, City Hall said the call to prayer could be broadcast every Friday afternoon from any mosque. No permit necessary. So some mosques that had never played it before did so on Friday. Some neighborhoods had heard that call to prayer for the first time ever. We are practicing our religion and it's, it's a place of worship. We have gotten attention of a lot of our neighbors. Police telling uh, these mosques that the speakers used to send out that call to prayer must be below 54 decibels. 541, you can now text Mayor Adams. He says he really wants to hear from you about how he's doing. Okay. If you text me the word first, I'll send you a special voice memo for being among the first to reach me. I can only imagine what's... Some of those texts have read, especially from people who listen to 77 WABC. Adams says his administration is the most accessible administration in history. Being a 21st century mayor means keeping you informed in 21st century ways. It's so important that New Yorkers like you don't miss neighborhood updates, city news and fun, affordable happenings. Okay, so uh, you got something on your mind you want to lay on the mayor? Here's the number. I'll, I'll give it to you. 917 917- Nine zero nine two two eight eight. And by the way, take a screenshot of that text that you're sending to the mayor and tweet it to me just so I can see what you're sending to him. 542, a proposal to host the 2024 Cricket World Cup in New York City causing some controversy 
up in the Bronx. The International Cricket Council has tapped Van Cortlandt Park as the spot to build a temporary stadium, and residents are not happy. No. N-O, in caps, underline, boldface, italicized. No. The giant structure would take up 20 acres, altering public access to parks. A spokesperson for the mayor's office says that by hosting the tournament, the city could generate $150 million in revenue. However, local lawmakers say that if the city moves forward with plans, they will hold up construction past the tournament date through litigation and lawsuits. I'm Liz Radavali for WABC News. WABC News Time 543. Let's go out to New Jersey. Small plane crashed Saturday night. Wooded area near Lacey Township. That's in Ocean County. And it may be responsible for a wildfire that sparked in that heavily wooded area. The NTSB says the single engine Sirius SR-22 crashed at about 1018 Saturday, about a half mile southwest of the Ocean County Airport in Bayville. Uh, they think this f- this pilot is dead. That was the couldn't get 100 percent confirmation before we came to air. But that's the thought, they say. And um, they think it may have been what sparked another fire. There's a team of officers, detectives uh, who will access the scene when the fire service says that it's safe to do so. I anticipate access to the scene tomorrow. So this was in a remote area of this wooded area where there have been forest fires before. The FAA says only a pilot was on board at the time of the trash. Uh, Large plumes of smoke were billowing. Roads in the area closed as first responders worked to contain the flames. Uh, Neighbors could see and smell the smoke. Uh, 145 this morning, uh, we were notified also in addition to the fire that there was wreckage from an aircraft uh, small, looks like a small private aircraft off of um, the one runway in Miller Park. Yeah, and some neighbors say some of those flames came awfully close to their house. We kind of drove through it and you could smell it. When I was outside earlier on a deck, uh, had some ash falling on me. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty wild and was on the parkway driving down here and just saw like the smoke. Yeah, the fire burned over 600 acres in size, but that number may be higher. Some of these uh, crews are short-staffed on a long weekend, and so we're having a hard time getting some of that information. But the fire has been contained to about 50%, and there were still several road closures as of last night. They told us that about 25 structures were threatened by the flames, and several roads are closed there. Of course, we'll follow the story. The flames are still going. Keep it here, 77 WABC. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk where we find Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam Allen. Start with the Baby Bombers clearly injecting some life into the Yankees this weekend with the Yanks marching into Houston, sweeping the Astros, complete with yesterday's 6-1 to shellacking in the series finale. Jason Dominguez, nicknamed The Martian by Yankee scouts, before even playing in the big leagues, continued to prove how he earned the nickname with this two-run jack last night. But the Yanks ahead. Here's Dominguez. Swing and a drive. Right field. Tucker. Back. Wall. Watching it. It's out of here. Jason Dominguez does it again. A two-run shot. Second big league bomb. Yankees on top. Three to one. That call courtesy of ESPN. Dominguez is the youngest player in franchise history to homer twice in his first three games after tagging none other than Justin Verlander on Friday night for his big uh, first big league homer. Bombers will see. They can keep going tomorrow night when they welcome in the Detroit Tigers for a three-game set after an off day today. As for the Mets, they beat the visiting Seattle Mariners 6-3 to yesterday to claim two out of three over the weekend. Pete Alonso went deep twice 
for his 40th and 41st dingers on the year. Here's what that sounded like, courtesy of SNY. That's drilled down the left field line by Alonzo toward the wall. It's out of here! Number 40 for Pete Alonzo! Pete now with 40 home runs, 99 driven in. And he socks this one to deep left center, and that one's not coming back. A long home run for Alonzo, his second of the day, his 41st of the year, his 100th run batted in. The All-Star Slugger reaches 40 homers and 100 RBI for the second consecutive season, making him the fifth player in Major League history with at least three 40 homer seasons in his first five campaigns. Mets will head to Washington next on tomorrow night to battle the Nationals. Tennis's U.S. Open continues today in Queens. As fourth-round action for the men continues at 12.30 p.m. this afternoon. As for the women, fourth-round action for them proceeds this morning at 11 a.m. And uh, one more college football game to look at. And Americans are actually have gone far in the U.S. Open for the first time in years. They have, indeed. Yeah. I believe there's a few on the men's side. and then uh, Two or three, and then you have Coco Goff on the women's side. Right. right? Didn't you just beat Wozniacki? She did. Something like that. So there you go, rooting for Coco and the Americans on the men's side as well. Uh, college football to look forward to uh, tonight. Nome, 8 p.m. kickoff for number 9 Clemson. Their 13-point favorites heading into Duke. And that's sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Alec. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. Unfortunately, some of it tragic down Beach Haven, Jersey Shore. Ocean County, a swimmer, 24-year-old, killed in the rough waves uh, there. We heard about just tons of saves at beaches across the tri-state. The waters churned up from two different hurricanes, Idalia and Franklin. And even though they're really far offshore, they were causing just some rough waves from Friday forward. So 24-year-old killed in the rough waves down in Beach Haven. Over in Belmar, not too far away, also the Jersey Shore, uh, lifeguards there made a half a dozen uh, rescues just around 6 o'clock last night. The tide came. That's when they got pulled in, and they were all the way in the back yelling. People started saying, help, help. That's when everybody started to run off the beach, calling for the... uh, for the lifeguards. It was a crazy scene there as they did CPR on some of these people they pulled out of the ocean at Belmar and it got eerily quiet on the beach and what had been, you know, a fantastic day. It was hot, but of course a great place to be at the ocean to cool off. Lots of families witnessing this as they tried to save the lives of these people they pulled from the ocean. Everyone was in silence on the beach, families, kids, like everyone was like at a standstill. I never seen anything like that at any beach before. The current can get pretty strong, drag you out. If you're not the strongest of swimmer, then you end up, you know, something happens. Man, unfortunately, no word on those swimmers that they pulled out of the ocean about six last night. Up and down the Jersey Shore, for that matter, Long Island as well. Reports of rip currents, rough waves at Seven Presidents Beach. That is also down the Jersey Shore. They actually reduced the area for swimming to make it easier for lifeguards to spot people who might be having trouble. When there's a greater risk for rescues, then we need to make sure that everyone's taken care of. The waves were strong, like the currents were really hard. When I got hit in my back, it was like a hard hit, like it was harder than I expected. Yeah, so it's supposed to be less severe today, but uh, those lifeguards no doubt will be watching people on what is the unofficial final weekend of summer across the tri-state. Last night, back here in the city, the Electric Zoo Festival reaching maximum capacity last night. What they called unforeseen circumstances and um, they said for safety reasons, they had to turn away these ticket holders. This was a huge music festival with really big name rappers and rockers uh, playing out 
Uh, this seems to have been poorly managed. On Friday, that was the first night of the show, Randall's Island, they had to cancel it because apparently the stage wasn't ready. Now, these are people who come from all over the country to see this show, not just the tri-state. And uh, last night, when they were turning away fans, telling them that Randall's Island was full, a bunch of fans had had, had enough. And they rushed the ticket booths in the security area, and they overwhelmed them. It's not clear how many got in. It could have been hundreds or so. There were NYPD cops there. There were security there, but they couldn't handle these people who were rushing the gate. We just saw all of this equipment, the tents, stuff like that being knocked down. And so we just didn't know what to do. It was just a crazy situation, and after that, it was impossible to get to pretty much any of the sets. So at that point, uh, it was already a hard enough time getting out last night. We thought might as well just get out of there. It was disorganized Saturday night as well. The concert went on two hours late. And uh, other fans who listened to police and security and were told once they got there, they had to go back home, say they want a refund. And who can blame them? They will refund us the, the money that we spent, so... I'm, I'm fine as long as we're safe, so we're good. Yeah, it's terrible. It's just like bad management. Yeah, that guy's awfully understanding. Some fans who bought tickets months ago never made it in uh, are pretty upset. Can't do anything about it now. How close did you get? We just went, like, all the way there. We're just, like, at the road, at the entrance, and they would not let you in. They, we cannot get on the bridge at all. Yeah, so, uh, by the way, the Electric Zoop, the organizers, the promoters putting out a statement late last night saying that people who did not get in will get a refund. But, of course, like I said, people came from all over the country, spent a lot of money to get here to be turned away. 554, investigators still trying to figure out what caused last Thursday's deadly helicopter crash in South Brunswick, the NTSB says it was an Israeli who died in the crash. He was a certified commercial pilot who apparently was training for additional certification. They pulled that helicopter out of the water yesterday. Was he required to have a trainer with him? Uh, no, he was not. He was. It was a solo flight. So he was he was getting some solo time in the helicopter. The single-engine Robinson R-22 was about 800 feet in the air when it just suddenly spun out of control, crashed into a ca- canal near Carnegie Lake and killed that Israeli pilot. The White House had reportedly told City Hall last week that they could send some of the migrants here to federally owned land in New Jersey. One spot they were looking at was the Atlantic City Airport. Well, lawmakers in South Jersey, both sides of the aisle, Democrats and Republicans, holding a huge press conference. I mean, it was amazing how many people spoke out during this thing over the weekend, saying those migrants are not welcome in Atlantic City, not at the Atlantic City Airport, not anywhere near there. Atlantic City has been a perennial dumping ground. Make no mistake about it. We are not the solution to a problem we did not create. That area at the airport doesn't have the capacity, doesn't have the resources, doesn't have the infrastructure. It was amazing to watch this thing one after another. The lawmakers coming up to say the migrants not welcome in New Jersey. Then you had Governor Murphy says uh, nobody at the White House told him at all about any plan to bus migrants to the Garden State. But. He said, even if they did, he says, New Jersey doesn't have the resources to house them. Now, New Jersey is a sanctuary state, which means they should be welcoming migrants. But the governor there saying they are not welcome. Nurses, those nurses at Robert Wood University Hospital that have been striked for a number of weeks now, nearly 2,000 of them, have been told they've been cut off from the hospital's health insurance plans. Should it be a struggle for nurses to just want to give their patients exceptional care? Unsafe staffing just puts our patients at risk. 
1,700 nurses now required to enroll in COBRA coverage, which allows them to continue their benefits. But if you've ever been on COBRA, you know how much it costs. It can be anywhere from 700 to 2,500 bucks per month to go on COBRA. And there's no sign, by the way, that that Robert Wood Johnson University hospital strike in New Brunswick is ending anytime soon. There are replacement nurses on the job there. Well, it is the big last weekend of summer for so many businesses down the Jersey Shore, out on Long Island, here in the city. The owner of Paul's Daughter, that's a bar on the Coney Island boardwalk, says cash registers there have not sung in a way he hoped they would have this summer. And we've heard that from beach businesses down the Jersey Shore on Long Island as well, saying, Whatever reason, just hasn't been that busy, even though it's really been quite a beautiful summer. There isn't more sales. There's just more expensive things. So I just hope people, uh, especially locals and New Yorkers, you know, find that as the fall goes on, that there's a, a place that you can go without going all the way out to the Rockaways. And here's one of the complaints we've heard over and over again as well. A number of beach businesses say they're still not seeing the number of customers they did in the summers before the pandemic, and they're not really sure why.